Praise the Lord. It's so good to have a lead minister on Sunday night. Hallelujah. And we have nursing home ministry this week, and Gil is going to be ministering at the nursing home. And uh, it's just good that we have so many people that are willing to work in this church. Uh, we met for this uh, Fun in the Sun uh, program that's going to come up in August. And if you, uh, we need workers. We're going to need all kinds of workers. And uh, so I would encourage you, if you haven't volunteered yet uh, for some part of that program, uh, we're going to need everyone. So uh, be sure and see Sandy as to what, what she'd like to do. Uh, she, she's going to come up with a list of things that need to be done. And uh, so see, see Sandy. Tonight, if you'll open up to Philippians, the third chapter, Philippians, the third chapter, we'll start reading at verse 20. Philippians, the third chapter, verse 20. For our citizenship is in heaven from which we also eagerly wait for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly body that it may be conformed to his glorious body according to the working by which he is able even to subdue all things to himself. Skip on down to chapter 4, verse 5. Let your gentleness be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Father, we pray your blessings upon the reading of the word tonight. We pray, God, that, uh, that you would quicken these words to our heart, Pray, Lord, that the Holy Spirit would just uh, take these words and apply them to our lives, that, God, our ears would be open, our hearts tender and before you, and that, Lord, tonight we'd go out of here saying, it was good that we came into the house of the Lord. Lord, may your blessings and your anointing rest upon everything that's said and done from this point on. May your pastor rest under that anointing. May your congregation be under that anointing, for we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Our citizenship is in heaven. Have you really gotten a grasp on that yet? If I told you my citizenship is in Seneca Falls, you'd know what I was talking about. You'd believe that. But this says our citizenship is in heaven. You see, 
Well, let me read it from the Living Bible. The Living Bible says, But our homeland is in heaven, where our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, is, and we are looking forward to his return from there. How many are looking forward to the Lord's return? Oh, glory to God. I get so tired of some of the garbage that's going on in this world. I, I listen to the news. I pick up newspapers. Uh, uh, it's just one thing after another. And sometimes I just cry out, come quickly, Lord Jesus. You know, uh, I'm, I'm looking for his return. Uh, you see, Paul, when he wrote this, he wrote to, uh, wrote to Philippi, and even though Philippi was a Greek city, Rome was the capital. And their citizenship was, even though they lived in Philippi, their citizenship was in Rome. So he was applying something that they had knowledge of. They could, they could be living in Rome, I mean living in Philippi, and yet be a citizen of another country. They could be living in Greece, and yet Italy, Rome, was their homeland. In like manner, we live here in this world, but our citizenship is in heaven. And we, we need to really get a grasp on that tonight. John chapter 17, verse 14 says, I have given them your word, and the world has hated them because they are not of this world, just as I am not of this world. You see, the reason the world doesn't have much use for us Christians is because we're not of this world. They don't understand us. Our thinking is foreign to them. They see us as a threat. They... Jesus says, if they've hated me, they're going to hate you also. And so if we're really living the Christian life, this world does not hold much for us. <laughs> they, they don't love us. If we were of the world, the world would love its own. Amen? And then in John 15, 19, it says, if you were of the world, the world would love its own because you are not of the world, but I chose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. See, we've been chosen out of the world. We're no longer a part of this system, this world system. We're no longer a part of... Uh, what's going on in this world. We're opposed to most of what's going on in this world. And the world just really is not my home. I'm, I'm a citizen of heaven and I'm on my way, glory to God. I'm, I'm going up in that first resurrection that we sang about. I'm looking for Jesus Christ to return. Look over at Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 9. Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 9. 
By faith he, talking about Abraham, sojourned in the land of promise, as in a foreign country, dwelling in tents with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. For he waited for the city which had foundations, whose builder and maker is God. You see, Abraham and Isaac and Jacob, they all understood this concept that the world is not our home. They were just sojourners. They were wanderers. They were looking for a home. And that home was a place that God had built. <clears throat> they knew that their citizenship was in heaven. It was in a better country than that they, they were not then living in. They loved not the world nor the things that were in the world. And they were loyal to him who was the governor of that heavenly Jerusalem. Amen? And we need to be loyal to our king. Jesus is our king. We're, you know, we're not subjects of this nation or this world. We're subject. Our first priority, our first loyalty belongs to Jesus. Amen? Hallelujah. One day we're going to walk those streets of gold. Hallelujah. There's going to be a river of life. There's going to be trees on either side of the river and the, the fruit of them are going to be in every month. And they're going to be for the healing of the nations. Praise God. We're, going, we're not going to need uh, uh, this world's atmosphere and so forth. Amen? We're not going to have to breathe this old polluted air anymore. Hallelujah. You see, the believer has a position and he has an expectation. Our position is we're heavenly. Our expectation is that, well, as many as the promises of God is how big our expectations are. God has given us many promises, great and precious promises. I think that Christians expect that Christ will come again. Look at verse 20 of our text here. Our citizenship is in heaven, from which we also eagerly wait for the Savior. Eagerly, can you... Can you just feel the, uh, Paul's heart when he wrote this? We eagerly await. I mean, there's expectation there that any time now, Jesus could split the heavens and come down. Amen? Hallelujah. They expected Christ to come again. Christ will appear a second time, it tells us over in Hebrews 9, 28. In Acts 1.11, you remember there, there was two men that, uh, uh, that were in white apparel. Actually, they were, they were angels that appeared. And Jesus was, was taken up into the heavens. 
And uh, the men of Jerusalem stood there looking up. And they said, why, why do you stand here looking up all today? That the same Jesus is going to come back in like manner. Just as you've seen him leave, that's the way he's going to come back. One of these days, he's going to come back riding on the clouds of heaven. Hallelujah. And, and he's going to have the trump of God and, and uh, the voice of the archangel. And the dead in Christ is going to rise. Then we which are still alive are going to be caught up to meet him in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. Amen? Hallelujah. I'm looking for that. You talk to people about the rapture. They don't even know where the rapture is located in the Bible. But we know that 1 Thessalonians 4, 16 and 17 is that which is talking about the rapture. The rapture of the church. How many are prepared to be taken out of this world? Glory to God! I, I don't want to stay here. I want, I, want, I want to go up to meet the Lord in the air. Amen? Oh, I'm, I'm sick to death of this world system. Hallelujah. I'm looking for the Lord's return. And this is what's known as the blessed hope. The blessed hope. Jesus is coming back for his church. He's coming for a church without spot, without wrinkle. He's coming for me. He's coming for you. To, you should be excited about it. Jesus is coming. Hallelujah. Oh. And the second thing that, uh, that the Christian looks for is he's looking for a transformed body. Look at verse 21 there of our text. Who will transform our lowly body that it may be conformed to his glorious body. Hallelujah. Just think about that for a minute. Meditate on that for a little bit. He's going to take this old worn-out carcass that I carry around and it's going to be transformed into his glorious, like his glorious body. I'll tell you, there's a lot there to think about. Hallelujah. 1 John 3, 2 says, It has not yet been revealed what we shall be, but we know that when he is revealed, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he really is. We're going to be just like Jesus. Hallelujah. We're going to be transformed just like he had. Do you remember on the, uh, the story uh, that was told, uh, that's told in the Bible about his transfiguration, how he just glowed before him and so forth? That was, that was a glorified Jesus Christ. We're going we're gonna to have that same kind of a body that's going to be, you know, it's, uh, it's going to be so beautiful, we, we can't even begin to dream on what it's going to be like. Hallelujah. You know, we're going to have to be changed in the twinkling of an eye at the last trump. In the twinkling of an eye. See, not everyone's going to sleep, but we're all going to be changed. You see, this mortal has to put on immortality. 
Everything we can see right now is mortal. It's dying. The moment you're born, the moment you begin, stop growing, you start dying. Did you know that? That's why they've come out with this, this growth hormone now. It's supposed to keep you young. I already got some of that growth hormone. Hallelujah, it's Jesus, the Holy Ghost, and it keeps you young. Amen? Hallelujah, and don't, don't cost me anything. I just gave him my life, that's all. Hallelujah. I'm going to have a brand new body. I don't want no worked over, overhauled old thing. I want something new. Instead of an earthly body, we've got to have a heavenly body. You see, we can't, we can't take, take this old corruption and take it into a, to a holy heaven. That would make, the, that'd make that holy heaven dirty. We got to take, doors were locked. Well, I'm telling you, that's the kind of body to have you. You're not, you're not confined by space or time or uh, by, by the, you know, we're, we're so bound in this body. We're, we're held from doing things that we, we know that sh we should be doing. Sometimes we get tired, isn't that right, Bernie? You, you know you ought to be doing something, but you're just tired. Hey, you're not going to get tired anymore. Hallelujah, no more heartaches, no more pain. Jesus himself, God himself is going to wipe away all our tears. Hey, that arm isn't going to give you any problem anymore. You can play piano for a thousand years. Glory to God. We're, we're, going, to, we're going to sing and, and praise God, and we're, we're not even going to get tired. Hallelujah. We're not confined anymore. We're released. I'm confined to this body right now. I mean, it holds you down, doesn't it? You're, whole, you're held subject to, to things that, oh, you wish you could be free of. Glory to God, one day it's going to happen. In the twinkling of an eye, I'll be just like Jesus. Free! What a glorious thing. And then the believer's preparation is why I brought out verses 4 and 5, or 5 and 6 down here. Let your gentleness be made known to all men. The Lord is at hand. Say that with me. The Lord is at hand. What's it mean, at hand? Right there. Right, right, right here. I mean, he's as close. He, he's right here. The Lord's at hand. When we get to thinking that God is going to return that quickly, I mean, he's here. Amen? See, that's the expectation we, we need to hold. I believe that's the key to being ready for Jesus' return. To realize that, hey, 
A thousand years is as a day, and a, and a day is as a thousand years. You know, he, to God, time is nothing. In the twinkling of an eye, it'll all be over. It didn't say a blink of an eye. It said a twinkling of an eye. Imagine that. Look into somebody's eye and you see the little twinkle in there. How long did that take? It's all over with. You see, when, when we have this view, then we're going to be ready. And in view of his returning, then Paul is exhorting these Christians at Philippi that they should act in a certain way. First of all, he says, be anxious for nothing. Be anxious for nothing, verse 6. In other words, don't let trials and troubles and of uh, this life uh, upset you. Don't be overcome by the concerns of this world. Don't let situations get you down. 1 Peter 5, 7 says, Casting all your cares upon him, for he careth for you. Just, hey, just take your cares, all these old things that, you know, this time is so short anyway. Don't let it get you down. In the twinkling of an eye, it's all going to be over. The Lord's at hand. Before you know it, you'll be in his presence. Don't worry about these things that are earthly. Just give it to Jesus. That's what Peter's trying to say. The same Lord who bore our sins is the same Lord who's going to carry our sorrows. Are you sad about something? Just let Jesus have it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The Amplified Bible, uh, looking at Psalm 55, 22, says, cast your burdens on the Lord, releasing the weight of it, and he will sustain you. You know, the Hebrew uh, for casting your cares on Jesus is to roll it over on him. So you just take all these burdens that you're laboring under, and you just take the weight of it all, and you put it on Jesus. And then you let go of it. Let him... Let him have the whole full weight of it. He said, my yoke is easy and my burden's light. You know why? When you're in the yoke with Jesus, he's carrying the full load. You can just walk alongside him. He's, he's, he's taking care of the whole load. Let him have it. Why do we... Life is so short. In the twinkling of an eye, it's all going to be over. Why are we worried? Why are we upset? What does it matter? You know, once we get that concept, ah, what a, it's just like taking that weight and just, it's gone. Having food and clothing, food and raiment, be content. Hey, 
What do I need more than that? Jesus is coming soon. All my bank accounts are just going to be all cankered and, and it's just going to be a witness against me that I didn't use it for his purposes. Amen? Hey, put it in the bank of heaven. Glory. We worry about things that really we shouldn't be worrying about. The Living Bible uh, translates that Psalm 55, 22. Give your burden to the Lord. He will carry them. Here, you carry this. I don't want to carry it anymore. You, you take care of it. Boy, you feel so good. All that, all that load off your shoulders. Hallelujah. And then uh, looking on down there, it says, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by... Oh, you've got to be prayerful in everything. everything. Anything, everything. Hallelujah. Nothing that is troubling is too trifling. Hey, if it troubles you, then you need to, you need to pray about it. Let's get rid of it. Time's too short to let it give you a heart attack. You know, stress is a killer. It really is. People, more people die from stress than anything else. If you've had people uh, that's died in your family and they, they got ways of measuring the stress that you're under. But if you give it all to Jesus, how much stress are you under? Boy, you can live stress-free. Be like Moses. 120 years old, walks up the mountain and says, well, it's time for you to take me home, Lord. His eyes weren't dim. He wasn't worried about anything. Everything that came up, he gave it to Jesus. Amen? Give it to Jehovah. Give it to God. Give it, give it to the Lord. Let him have it. Why do you want to worry? We worry about things that are never going to come to pass anyway, most of it. Hallelujah. We're told to pray without ceasing. And if you start giving everything to God that tends to trouble you, believe me, you're going to be praying without ceasing. Amen? Hallelujah. You know, we, with thanksgiving, let your request be known to God. You're supposed to be thankful instead of grumbling. Do you know why most of those Israelites were left out there in the desert, their bones to bleach out there. They were grumblers. They weren't satisfied. Can God set a table in the wilderness? I know he can part the Red Sea, but can God set a table in the wilderness? God can. He took care of those people in a wilderness condition and he can take care of us in this wilderness condition. Amen? 
Hallelujah. How many of you know God knows what's good for you? Uh, the, way, the, way we, the way we grumble sometimes and so forth, you wouldn't think so. Nah. Also, did you know God's in control of your life? And if he knows what's good for you and he's able to make all things work together for good, let him take care of it. I think he does a pretty good job. Amen? And he can do the job whether you bake bread or not. Amen. If you don't do it through baking bread, he'll do it another way. Just tell me what you want, God. I'll do it. Amen? Whatever you want. Hallelujah. Look at 1 Thessalonians 5. 1 Thessalonians 5. I want you to notice, first of all, that verse 16 and verse 17 of, verse, of chapter 4 talks about the rapture. It's going to take place. So 5 is just a follow-up to what he's already said. Now I want you to start reading with me in verse 14. Now we exhort you, brethren, warn those who are unruly, comfort the uh, faint-hearted, Uphold the weak. Be patient with all men. Hallelujah. Boy, I'm telling you, some of them will, will try your patience. How many of you got somebody that tries your patience? <laughs> Be patient with all men. Rejoice all always even when they're needling you even when they're giving you a hard time even when they're when they're uh, causing you to to bite the bullet so to speak rejoice always don't you like people that just kind of I like to be around people that are rejoicing Something about being around people that are rejoicing that just makes me rejoice. Amen? It says rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. In everything, give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Huh? He couldn't mean that. Give thanks in everything? Come on now. There's some things that you're not too thankful for sometimes. Give thanks in everything. Sometimes that's hard to remember. But we've got to learn to do it. You know why? Because the Lord's at hand. He's coming pretty soon. That's what it said up here in the fourth chapter. He's coming with the trump of God and, and the voice of the archangel and Hey, it's all going to be over in the twinkling of an eye. Pretty soon it's going to be gone. This is the only opportunity we're going to have. Why let it worry us? Okay, I can be thankful then. What's the difference? It doesn't really matter anyway. And everything give thanks for this. Why? 
the will of God. It's the will of God. The will of God is that we be thankful. It says it's the will of God for who? Concerning who? Us! That's God's will for us. God wants us to be thankful. I can't see as I got a choice then. If, it's, if I go against the will of God, what is that? That's sin. And he said, in everything give thanks. For this is the will of God. Oh. <laughs> Can you be thankful that your kids are, even though your kids are not living for Jesus? Well, whether he does or not, be thankful anyway. God's in control. Amen? Does it depend on whether God does what you want him to do or not? No. Really doesn't. And the pain you're, you're going through right now, twinkling of an eye, it's all going to be over. Be thankful. Glory to God. He's got it all under control. Even, even my notes. Hallelujah. God's got it all under control. Praise the Lord. That's the message God's trying to get across here tonight. Hallelujah. We need to live. Downstairs, we finish the classroom downstairs. If we don't, we'll have to hold it on the lawn. If I can't get workers enough, right? Seems to me somebody ought to be able to help Bert. I'm not going to complain about it. I haven't heard Bert complain about it. I haven't heard uh, Gil complaining about it. The only ones that's going to complain about it, who's the teacher in that classroom down there? It's going to be kind of hard when you don't have any walls. But it doesn't really matter anyway. It's all going to be gone, the twinkling of an eye. We'll, we can get through it. We can do anything. I can do all things through Christ. Amen? I think that when we get this kind of an attitude that Nothing really is all that earth-shaking because Jesus is coming soon. Then you, you, all of a sudden you've got a different outlook on life and, and things are just a little bit easier to, you know? Amen? Hallelujah. I think we should live with expectation of the realization of our position in Jesus Christ. We're citizens of heaven. We're not of this world. And so what do I care? Jesus is coming soon. It's all going to be over with. He's got a master plan. And you know what? He's going to rule and reign on this world for a thousand years. 
guess who gets to come back with him? <laughs> guess who's going to be in control next time? Woo! Glory. Amen. This is just trial basis. <laughs> Amen. Brother Saunders, would you close with a word of prayer?